And I want you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. Amen. Are you there? Matthew 18. Amen. Hallelujah. This is what we call the prayer of agreement. And this scripture uh, deals with that subject, the prayer of agreement. And before we pray over it, I want to make sure we're in line with each other. How many know how can two walk together, the Bible says, lest they be agreed? Uh, For instance, if you came up here and you were praying that God would let you marry your neighbor's wife, I'm not in agreement. Somebody say, thank God for that. Amen. I can't agree with that. Amen. If what you have in your heart is envy. Now, interestingly enough, the Bible is clear. It talks about us when we pray, we don't pray amiss. and, And if you read that scripture, it's talking about lust and so on and so forth. But it's speaking about fleshly desires being elevated to the point that you're not using proper methodology, not that we're using the right, right methods. In other words, you prayed the wrong ways, what that actually is saying. So the word amiss there is praying the wrong way. We pray to the Father. Say this with me. I pray to the Father in Jesus' name. A few minutes ago, I was up here just worshiping the Lord. And, I, you know, I'm a Holy Ghost enthusiast. I love the presence of the Holy Ghost. Our service today has us praying about requests. We're asking him, we're petitioning the Lord for things in our life. And in doing so, as I was up here, I started to move into a song about the Holy Spirit to honor the Holy Spirit. And the Lord said, I thought you came to pray. Now y'all don't hear that, but I hear that in my spirit. And all of a sudden that scripture came true to me up here. If you're going to move towards that, that's about a touch and anointing. This morning you're petitioning. And who do we pray to? The Father In Jesus' name. I thought it was interesting how God simply reminded me, I thought you came to pray. Did we come to pray? Okay, I've got to get more amens. Y'all got to wake me up. Say, Pastor Steve, wake up. (laughs) Amen. So, So if that's what we're going to do, we ought to focus the right way. And we know that our job today then is to focus on the product of prayer. We ought to come the right way. And so the Lord corrected me, and we began to worship him. When he began to sing that song, you are Alpha and Omega. That's the directions the right way. You know, when we praise God, it's about what he's done, what he did for us, what he has done in the past, what he is doing currently, and what he's going to do. That's what praise is. It's an acknowledgement, a gratitude, a gratefulness, and a thanksgiving for what he has done what he is doing and what he's going to do. When we pray for something, as we get done with this prayer request... For it to actually be faith, it's not something we pray for over and over and over and over and over again. Faith says, I prayed for it. If you pray, believe, you'll receive. That's what we do. That's what the Bible says. For when you pray, believe that you receive it and you shall have it. So how do we pray next? What's the next level of prayer? How do I do that if I can't, if I'm not, I mean, and, and I've heard people tell them, don't pray again, but that's not true. Elijah prayed again for rain and it rained. So, I mean, there is something about our faith level that we have that initiates things to occur. And it is faith that does it. By faith is how we get to God. That's how we come. Faith does that. But to operate in faith is to, from this point forward, we're going to walk in line with what we prayed. Does anybody understand what I just said? We walk out what we prayed. I tell my son, if he's praying to be the quarterback on a football team, he better walk that out. I mean, if he never goes and throws a football, if he doesn't run, if he doesn't lift weights, if he doesn't practice with other guys, if he doesn't throw the football, if he doesn't go get training, doesn't show up, if he's late to practice, 
you can pray all you want to, but your faith doesn't line up with what you prayed for. Come on, somebody. I've got to pray and believe. Amen. We've got to walk out what we pray. And so we're not talking about, when we're talking about praying, and we're talking about that, that when I said envy, I'm talking about that you, don't, you haven't tried to keep up with the Joneses. I don't live in my house and hope I can live like the guy next to me. Come on, somebody. I mean, I, I have a reality of belief. I have a place of what I'm believing for. I looked on my agreement card, and last year, Stephen had just really gotten started with his, his business of, of doing photography. Just, I mean, and it's still a starting thing. But it was on my agreement list that, that, you know, I put that my daughter would excel in education and that she would excel at music. She took on the right instrument this year. She's one of the top students in the band as far as what she does. We went to a big thing yesterday. She tried out for, you know, uh, uh, the band there, the big, uh, whatever, regional band. And so, I mean, all those things came to pass. But I watched Stephen develop. And he has now got websites, people. He was called last, this last Wednesday to go and meet with how many? Seven Division I quarterbacks in Myrtle Beach. He took photography of seven of the Division I quarterbacks in our nation last Saturday in Myrtle Beach. We prayed that God would do that, that God would enlarge his capacity. And so here's what we're doing today. It's not lust to desire your children to do better. It's not lust to pray that they drive safe cars that are not going to break down. It's not lust for you to have a car that's not going to break down. Somebody say amen. That you can have heat in your house. And I love this. I want you to know something. I'm going to say this, and I know I'm going to go to heaven, and it's going to be just like this. My God is a God that is more. I think somebody will shout that out. He's more than enough. Look at your neighbor and say, God's more than enough. That means he can pay your school bill. One of the things we agreed for, because I always I do it in kind of like a health thing. How's our health going to be? How's our life going to be? How's our fi- I kind of go through this list of five things I'm believing God for. And I was believing that all the bills for Stephen would be ba- paid off for his first year in college. Because we're not paying for it. Somebody ought to shout out, amen. Moms and dads, you ought to decide I'm not paying for it. And make sure you tell them that. If you're going anywhere, you're going on your own, baby. Amen. And the Lord paid every bill. Gave him a full scholarship for four years. He only owes $1,500 a year to go to, or a semester to go to school. And the Lord's supplying that even. We believe for it. That's not lust. That's faith. It's faith to believe for a new furniture. My wife put down a new couch. Nobody's shouting, but you ought to see our couch. <laughs> you know, uh, I've got three kids that love to live on that couch along with two dogs. Chickens come in every once in a while, which is sad. <laughs> I, I look at them like, what are the chickens doing in the house? <laughs> uh, we got cats that live in the house. They all love the couch. So every couple, four or five years, we have to buy a new couch. And eventually they'll move out and I can buy a nice couch. <laughs> I plan to live. I don't know about nobody else, but I just plan to live. I'm not here to die. I'm here to live. You might want your house to have no spots on the wall, but I'll just paint mine. Amen? I mean, you might be worried about new furniture, but I'd rather buy a new couch. You understand what I'm saying? 
I mean, if you got yourself all, all worried about all that stuff, forget it. Your clothes tear up no matter who you are. So you need to be believing God for new clothes and new cars. Some of you are believing for relationships. Some of you folks need to get married. <laughs> Some of you folks that haven't gotten married should already be married. Scared of what? I'm preaching great now. See, now I'm really preaching. That's anointing right there. Well, we're going to get married two years from now in July. What? Well, we don't have enough money. Well, get married secretly and make money. I don't know. Do something. Amen. You know, the Bible does say it's better to marry than to burn. Who's shouting? Come on, raise your hands so I can see you. I'm with you. Shout it, girl. You're probably marrying somebody in this room that hadn't quite got to it yet. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just messing with you. That's a joke. I know who you are. I'm just playing with you. (laughs) You need to marry the bird. Yeah, yeah, get married. Sit next to your spouse. You're you're, your engaged partner. We're not lusting. We're believing. How many of you are believing? How many of you, I mean, literally, you know, as I wrote this down, I said, God, it's got to be bigger than I can do. How many know it's got to be bigger than I can do? I mean, I always put my marriage on there. We've got a great marriage. I don't know how it could get better, but I'm certain it could, right, Aim? See, that was a little nod. I was looking, I thought you were going to be like jumping up. Yeah, baby! <laughs> all right, all right, I, I'm being foolish now. Are you there? Let's go over it. Right off the bat, when we look at the scripture, it says, Jesus does this scripture. He says, again, I say to you that if any two of you agree, that's more than one, say it takes more than one. And you've come this morning to believe that somebody with a gift, the Bible says he gives gifts to the church, pastors, prophets, evangelists, teachers, and apostles. Gifts. That's why somebody tells me they have church in their home and they're not gifted. You're just having a meeting. Because he gave gifts to the church. I'm preaching real good now. Pastors, prophets, events. There's a lot of shoe salesmen preaching right now that ought to be selling shoes. And there's a few shoe salesmen out there that ought to be preaching. They're gifts. It's gifts to the church. And I know, I'm just going to say it to you, I, I knew I had a call on my life. I always knew the call. I understood I had a call. And there was a purpose inside of me that I couldn't quite know exactly what the purpose was, and, and I, I loved both to speak to people, and I was a musician. I was a music director at a church, a large church, 3,000, 4,000 people. In Florida, I was the music director. Now, I remember I got in the car with my dad one day, and the Holy Spirit came on him, and he looked over at me and says, you know what's wrong with you? I said, no. And it was like it was a different voice. He said, you just haven't figured out what you are supposed to do. Are you called to preach, or are you called to play? That got, that got serious with God. I said, God, what, what do I? And the Lord basically had, I, the both were, gift, were things I could do. One was the ministry or the work of helps in the church, the gift of helps in the church. But I knew there was another call. And the Lord began to speak to me. Look what I put you under. Look at the people that you're around. And God had put me under a pastor that generated pastors, that taught pastors. I was around pastors. My dad was pastoring. 
I mean, there were just things, there were just connections there that I began to see. And the Lord began to deal with me about leaving and coming, starting this church. And I tell you, I, I never had an anointing or a gift on me to do one of the fivefold ministries up to that point. Had I prophesied? Yes. Had I prayed in the Spirit? Yes. Had I seen people healed that I prayed for? Yes. But it was never a gift. There's a big difference. And so the first day that I stepped up in the pulpit, I'd start, I put the church building together on Palmetto Street and got it all together. And I walked off the, the, the grounds and walked up and stood behind the platform. And the moment I stood behind the platform, an anointing came on me. I'd never felt it before. I'd never experienced it before. But it was like a sheet came over me. It's like I put on a uniform. And I had received that day a gift to pastor. That's what I'm called to do. And since then, there's been additional things. The thing is, is everybody in this room needs to understand, we go around titling people. And everybody wants God to title them somehow. And all these pastors run around trying to be apostles. And so they want you to call them apostle so-and-so and something, something, something. Listen, God is not about titles. He's about gifts. Just because you call them something don't mean they are. The reason our church is doing well and God blesses and keeps it together is it belongs to him and he put a gift in it. And he breathed on it. And we let that gift. That's why you're here today. I wanted to say that because if you came for Steve McCart to pray for you, go home. It's a waste of time. This is not another salary base for me. If I could do this for free. I don't, I'm not looking, every, every time I've ever thought, and I have entrepreneurial, ability, entrepreneurial abilities, I'm an extremely blessed man, I'm a great businessman, I've, uh, I've functioned in high level, high paying jobs as a kid, and yet was dissatisfied. And the reason I was dissatisfied is because God wanted me to take care of the doors that belonged to him. That was a function. A calling. There's a difference between a calling and just, if you understand your calling, you're going to function better. So I don't do this for the money. I don't do this. To do, this is not because of those things, and I would do it for free. Obviously, I've got a family. I've got to pay their bills. I've got to pay the church bills. I've got to pay for everybody else. I've got to pay for house cars, whatever. And so it, there's a requirement of salary. That's why the Bible doesn't deny a pastor a salary so that he can pay his bills and take care of his family. And I'm saying that so you understand, but this is what you have to understand. This ain't a game. You didn't come to a church where we're playing church. This ain't a game. I didn't come here to fake Christianity. I'm not faking my life. I'm not faking my family or faking my marriage. My wife and I are married. We love each other. We're faithful to each other. I'm faithful to my kids. I'm honest and truthful. They know if I tell them, it's the truth. They know it. I'm not saying I'm perfect and there's been occasions when I may have slipped like everybody else would. But they know that I tell the truth. This isn't a joke. When you come this morning, Amy and I believe in what we're doing. We live the life that equals the calling. Because if your life doesn't equal your calling, then your calling's a mess. See, we have people that are preaching and standing in pulpits that our life does not equate to the ministry. And the truth is, not only are they messing them up, but they're messing other people up. Because when you see that dysfunction, when you see that disorientation, 
when you see that dismantling of the gospel, then it says it's okay for you to live in a way that's inhonorable or unhonorable to God. And you stand up there and live like hell and try and preach truth. The Bible says you'll know the truth and it is the truth that makes you free. The pulpit, the church, the place should be filled with people who are living the truth. Don't fake it no more. Find him. Find him real in your life. Find out who Jesus really is. Have a real relationship with Jesus. Not a religious ritual, but who is he? Who are you, God? Who are you really? Can I really know you? Hallelujah. I'm preaching good. Because, see, we're talking about the prayer of agreement. See, as you want to agree, there ought to be something in you that looks like Jesus. Hey, man, I want you to do this for me, but I want to live like the world. No, no, no. Come on. He gives us the power to become the sons and daughters of God. Say, he gives me the power. I'm empowered by God. Look at somebody and say, I can do this. I can live like Christ. Did my band look at each other and say it? I'm just playing. Y'all ought to be, listen, talk to each other. <laughs> I'm just playing with you guys. How you like the band this morning? This is our new band, by the way. And later I'll let, you, let them introduce themselves. They all are working for Family Worship Center now, and I'm really thrilled and excited about our future music together. How many? <laughs> they just have to get used to me. I'm a unique guy. Somebody say, Pastor's unique. Tell them right now. Just tell them, get, her, get ready. Get ready. I got, hey, I got lots of problems. Just get over it. Amen? Just get over it. But when I pray... You've come to the gift. Please lay down your feelings towards me. Maybe you're in the room. There's so many of you in this room, and there were this morning too, but this isn't about my personality. This is not about my perfection. Just go ahead and get satisfied with the idea that every pastor you know, me included, we are all imperfect. I don't care who you sit under, every one of us is imperfect because we're human. And I've got imperfections. I was raised in a strange house with strange people. Let me say amen. I was in a dysfunctional house. So I came out a little dysfunctional. <laughs> so leave that aside. That's why he says, cast off every weight and sin that does so easily beset you. We've got to lay it down today. Forget about who it is. You came today because you believe. That's why you're here. The reason you're sitting in this room is because you know this works. You believe it. You've seen it work, and I, some of you don't even go to family worship, so I don't even care about all that. You, at least you understood somebody that was going to pray with you. You know, there are people that have come here, and they send people. I meet them all the time. They send sick and diseased and cancer-filled people and say, if you want to know where you can get a healing, go over there to family worship center. That guy knows how to pray. They don't come here, but they believe in us. Amen? We can get you healed. Amen? And so it says, if any two of you, that's two of us, have to agree as touching anything, it will be done of our Father, which is in heaven. 
Now that's what we're believing for. It's here on earth. There aren't things, we're not nebulously believing. We're believing for things here on earth. Like I said, my wife put down couch. Might not mean like much to you, but we need a new couch. I mean, you might need a remodeled bathroom. There are others in you that are praying for marriages and children and restoration and healing. And he does all those things, but it's talking about things. Remember, it's, it's dealing with the subject matter of things. Make sure what you write down isn't something nobody... If I read it and I couldn't understand it, it ain't a thing. As a matter of fact, it almost, almost needs to be a defined thing. Clear thing. You know, something, I mean, you know, uh, David Young Cho, one of the greatest evangelists in the world, had 250,000 people in his church. They attended on Sunday, had 10,000 people that would go to Prayer Mountain. I mean, just a tremendous man of God, wrote, wrote the fifth dimension with Christ. I mean, just different things that he did. But de- Pastor David Young Cho, and he wrote, he was believing God for a bicycle. And, and he was believing God, and the Lord told him, said, look, I want you to go. After he didn't get the bicycle, the Lord said, what color do you want? And he said, I want a blue bike. And he said, well, how many speeds do you want? I want a three-speed or higher. And then he wrote down these things. And right after, he wrote down specific things that came to pass. Now, let me tell you, we read that book when my sister was a little girl. And she was believing God for a bike. And my parents did not have the money to buy her the bike that she wanted or a bike at all at the time. It was like a Christmas thing. And so we were believing God for this. She was believing and everybody else was kind of, you know, humoring her as she believed. But she took and wanted to believe God for a bike. And she wrote down that she was believing God for a 10-speed or a 3-speed or higher, again, blue bicycle, and things that she wanted from God. And she put it on a piece of paper and wrote it down and started believing God for it. And my parents said, well, we can't go get that for you. But at least my parents were smart enough to say this, and I love to say this to my kids, not right now. I mean, you may not be able to buy them a Lamborghini today, but don't you say you can't. Nobody's shouting. See I, believe, see, I really believe this. I actually believe that God can make everybody in this church a Lamborghini-owning, Bentley-owning, millionaire people in this church. I don't believe. I'll get mad if you want to. Be religious and talk about you can't have nothing, you can't do nothing, you can't be nothing. She believed God for that bike. A guy drove up to our house in a truck, opened the back door and said, I've got something I'm here to give to your family rolled out the bicycle. It was blue, had 10 speeds. It was a phenomenal bike. She believed for it. The rest of us were mystified by the miracle. My God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or think. Oh, my goodness. Somebody ought to shout right there. As big as you've written down this year, it's small compared to what God really wants in the future. You're just getting started. It's just begun. It's just the beginning. And for the church, I want to say this to you. This year is going to be a year like none we've seen before. I believe we're going to walk in the miraculous, miracle-working power of God like we have not seen so far. That we're on the bridge at the cuspus of Jesus coming back. And not only that, but let me say this to you. It's time that you get serious, get real, get real with God. Stop sitting at home. You're not watching us online. You're not doing it.
I asked me, I go to family worship center. I, a man the other day that I've known for years and years and years had a situation where somebody was with them. They had to fill out paperwork. We haven't seen them in probably eight years. And they wrote down, we go to family worship center. We hadn't seen them in eight years. You need to come to family worship center. Or at least be in a church somewhere. Some of you go other places. I get it. And if you're dissatisfied there, we're here. Miracle working power is coming to the church this year, and we better be ready. We better be prepared. And today is a good day to get started for you. It's a good day for you to get ready for the miracle working power of God. You're believing Him for supernatural things. Supernatural things. Then it goes on to say, and it says, if any of you shall ask, if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything, it'll be done of our Father, which is heaven, it shall be done of our Father. I'll just go through a few of the words just so you know. The word again there means renewed, repetition, action again anew. And it turns, it's, it's in, it is to let us know over and over again, he says, I say, speak, affirm, maintain, to teach, exhort, advise, command, direct, point with words, intend, mean, mean to say, to call by name, to call, name, speak it out, speak of, or mention. So if any of you speak, say, mention, point out in words, intend, mean, say, exhort, advise, command, and direct, again I say it to you, unto you, that, the word that is the word, uh, just simply that, if two of you shall agree to agree together, to agree in making a bargain or to make an agreement or bargain. When we do this, our side is when we pray. His side is when he does. Our side is to pray. His side is to do. For him, it's done. When you pray, believe that you receive it and? What does it say? And you'll have it. When you pray... Believe you'll receive it, and you'll have it. Say, I'm going to have it. The fact that you don't see it in your hand, if you're believing for a, for a new camera, and it's not in your hand when you leave the prayer line, does not mean God has not provided a new camera. There are times in our life when we are stimulated by moments. And we want a new camera. And God has it somewhere when we prayed it. Like if you prayed for a wife right now, and you're a man in the room, and you believed him for it, he says, a man finds, he that findeth a wife, finds a good thing. If you sit at home, play video games, does, does anybody hear what I'm saying? If you have an attitude about it, and you think she's coming to you, you're going to get something other than what you wanted. Because the Word says, he that findeth. So sitting in a bar and a girl walking up to you ain't finding your wife. I'm preaching so good right now. See, I'm either going to preach the Word or we're going to lie. I ain't lying. I'm not here to make you happy. I I don't have to make you come back and... I told you, I'm not, my God shall supply all my needs. I don't care if you're a billionaire in the room. God's got more than you. You aren't the only one. So I'm saying to you, he that finds, that means that there are things you do and God accesses you to. Even when he talks about giving, it'll be given back to you. God will cause men 
to pour into your bosom. So somewhere when you pray for that camera today, it's made available. However, you might need to have to go down to the red light, make a phone call, look at an ad, see it online, look for it to find the camera. You don't just sit and wait for the camera to show up. You going to buy a house? You might need to go find you a real estate agent that knows what they're doing. Go ride around from property to property, which is boring as all, get out. They hate it and you hate it. But you've got to find what you're looking for. In other words, I walk out my faith. When I pray, you've got to walk out your faith this morning. You've got to walk it out. It is not some, some nebulous thing that just occurs. Well, God loved us. I prayed for it. That's the way it is. It, is. it is walking in line with the thing that you prayed for and then receiving it as you go. I was believing God for a house. I was believing God, and Amy and I were living in a, a smaller house. We were having children, we were growing, and we were believing God. I went online, found a plan for a house that I liked. Still didn't have the land, but I had a plan because I knew I was going to build a house. Does anybody get what I'm talking about this morning? You need to get this. If you don't get this, then praying over this thing will do any good. I've got to get you to walk with what you pray for. So we would always go up and down a road on Old South Drive, and we would always look for property there. Had tried to buy two or three houses on Old South Drive and never could buy one. We even tried to buy a barn. We were going to renovate a barn, and somebody had bought the barn for a barn. And one day I was driving by, and the Lord showed me a piece of property. I'm driving by the property. The Lord said, stop. I stopped. I get out of the car, went on the property. Grass was about, I don't know, waist high. You couldn't see over the property, but there was a tore-up sign or something in the grass. I put the sign together. It was a phone number. I called the number. It was tremendous. The Lord gave us a great deal on the house. We bought the land. Then we found a contractor and started building a house. And the Bible says that the blessings of the Lord shall come upon you and overtake you. If you're sitting in this room, God wants to overtake you with blessings. Come on, I'm not getting enough shouting right there. You wrote down something, but God has the ability to make it better than you expected. More than you wanted. I've never seen God just fulfill the need exactly. He always fulfills it with more and more and more. And so, we built the house, and I still remember this. When I opened the doors for the first time and walked in and looked into the backyard, we'd, I decided just at the last minute to put a pool back there. I went down to Old South or whatever that pool place was on the highway. I, 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 I don't know why. I just told him, I want to buy something off this yard sitting out here. Well, we don't sell stuff off the yard. I said, what are you going to do with it? Well, some of it's trash. I said, I'll buy your trash. <laughs> and they sold me like a nothing pool and all the equipment. I put the pool in for like nothing. But I remember walking through the door because that's how God works. And I walked through that door, and I remember the moment I walked in the house and saw the rooms over here and my big master bathroom in the kitchen. Now, I built a lot of this. I want you to know I built the house. I did a lot of the work myself and stuff like that, so don't get the idea that I built this massive house. I built a cheap house, but it's something. But I remember walking in, and the day I walked in, it was eye had not seen, ear had not heard. Neither has it entered in the heart the things that God has prepared for those that love Him. And that moment when I opened that door and stepped in that hallway, it was like the blessings of God just flushed over the more than you expected. Whew. Come on, somebody. I believe He's going to be doing more today than you expected. 
more than you expected. That's the God that we serve. That's the real God that we serve. Somebody say amen. Amen. He says agree as touching anything. To agree means coming together, to bargain together. We're agreeing with God. It's a covenant with God. He will not fail his side of the covenant. That means the only reason it doesn't come true is we had something to do with that. I didn't read it. I didn't walk it out. There are things on my agreement card that I look at and say, well, I wish I would have. And you should do the same thing. I usually put those on, the repeat those, amen, because I believed in them. He says, on earth is touching, it's an individual thing, each and every, any, all, and the whole, everyone, all things, everything, thing, that thing which is to be done, a deed, accomplished fact, to be done, being accomplished, business, commercial, transaction, matter, question, affair, forensic sense, a matter of law, case, suit, that which is or exists, a thing. So if any two of you agree, come together, standing in agreement, you're in harmony, and you're believing God about a thing, a thing that they ask to ask, to beg, call, crave, desire, or require, it'll be done. It will become, come into existence, begin to be, receive, to become, come to pass, happen, or event, to arise, appear in history, come upon the stage of men appearing in public. Come upon the stage of men appearing in public. See, it belongs to you. It's in God. To be made, finished, miracles, to be performed, wrought, to become made for them of our Father which is in heaven. Habakkuk says it this way, I will stand upon my watch and set me upon my towers and I will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I'm reproved. And the Lord answered me and said, write this vision down, make it plain upon the tables that he that reads it can run with it. The vision is yet for an appointed time, but... At the end, it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it surely shall come. It will not tarry. Behold, his soul, which is lifted up, is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. So here's the rules. Number one, to the Father in Jesus' name. Number two, it has to be prayed in faith. Therefore, I send you anything whatsoever you desire when you pray. Believe you receive it and you'll have it. Number three, it must be in line with the word of God. Jesus says it this way. I'm the vine, the true vine, and the Father is the husbandman. Every branch is in me that beareth not fruit and is taken away, and every branch that beareth fruit is purged of me that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you're clean through the word which I've spoken. You abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abides in the vine, no more can you except you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me, and I in him, the same brings forth fruit." For without me you can do nothing. If any man abides not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them in the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask what you will, and it will be done for you. Herein my Father's glorified. You believe? It must be prayed as the solution, not the problem. If today you wrote down problems on your list, that's the mistake. You're writing down what you're believing for. We call those things that be not as though they were. Lord, you know the problem with my family. That is not a prayer. I'm going to let people get that for a minute. And I want to tell you something. It's great that you can talk about where you've been and you know where we've been. You know how bad it's been. You know what we've been through. You know. 
God actually wants us to speak about, I know where I'm go- going. I know what you're going to do. I know how you're going to redeem me. I know how you're going to restore me. I know how you're going to bring me out. I know how you're going to deliver me. I know how you're going to provide for me. Your focus needs not to be on what you went through. We grow up religiously, and that's how we grow up. We're taught that way, and everybody runs around talking about, "Ah, you know how bad it was, how awful it was, how terrible it was. Oh, you know how we, oh, we've been through so much. We've been through a mess, and it's been, and then they end that whole long phrase with, but God saved us. Wrong. I focus on the healer, not the disease. I don't testify about my sin. I testify about my salvation. I was lost, but now I'm found. Come on, I was blind, but I see. Focus on the victor. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. The supply is first. My God shall supply, and then he adds the need. He didn't start with need. My God knows I have all these needs, and he'll supply. Nope. My God shall supply all the need. The focus is the supply. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching so good today. I, somebody ought to scream, man, you're great. I'm just kidding. That was a joke. Thank you for yelling. I appreciate it. It makes me feel good. Stimulates my ego. Amen. <laughs> Amen. All right, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Are you about ready to pray? Amen. It must not waver or change. It must not waver or change. If any man lacks wisdom, James 1, 5 through 8, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives liberally to all men and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith nothing wavering. If what you wrote down is variable. Because my son asked me something this morning about, you know, I'll just tell you what he asked me. He said, Pastor, he said, Dad, I need, to, I need to run faster. Do I write that down? And so I said to him, son, in my agreement card, I use words like, uh, like I need to be stimulated or I need to be, uh, uh, I need it installed or I need uh, you know, I use words that bring me, like adjectives that bring me to more speed. Does that make sense? Instead of saying I need to run uh, 4.640 or whatever, he needs to say, Lord, I'm believing you to help me and inspire me and motivate me and help me to run at a speed closer to what I need to run. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So you're saying it, but don't, don't say something that, that's, that's so, so direct in terms of your physical body or whatever that can't be achieved. In other words, I'm trying to tell you, don't think double-minded. If you do wrote, if you do wrote down, your, write down, you're believing for a 4640, then you, you really need to believe God for a 4640, and you better doggone work to get there. Because I can tell you now, if you sit on the side of the track and watch other people run by, you're not going to get to a 4640. Okay? Does everybody get what I'm talking about? So he says, let's ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavers is like the waves of the sea and the wind toss. Let not that man think he'll receive anything from the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable. 
Now, when you ask today, you're not asking double-mindedly. Does anybody understand what I'm talking about? Let me give you, for instance, just something. This year, we're believing to finish and complete and completely open FWC Sumter. To have the building completely remodeled for the people to attend. To have the full staff there for the church, including children's youth, music, and ministerial. Places for prayer and church life. That it grows exponentially. That multiplication happens in every area of the church, including finances. And that the delay that happened there will act as a promotion and knowledge and increase and ability for the next church plan. That we will accelerate into more church openings this year. We will increase and accelerate. How many believe for that? I want you to take out your cards, your letters, or whatever it is, and I'm going to give you the sixth thing. They're going to put it on the screen. If you put the sixth thing on the screen, that FWC follows the plan of God for this year, and that we see expansion, increase, acceleration, and supply.